Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Burglary gangs have returned to the motorway network with the rate of break-ins doubling in some parts of the country and Dublin and counties connected to the capital directly uh, through the network of motorways have the highest burglary rates in the country. An analysis of crime figures by Independent.ie last month also shows that counties in the northwest have the lowest break-in rates in Ireland. While burglaries reduced significantly during COVID-19 restrictions, sources have warned they are returning to pre-pandemic levels and possibly higher. And in recent months, burglary rates have doubled in some counties, while one guard division noted a six-fold increase. Now, while the summer months traditionally see fewer burglaries, there are fears that gangs will target empty homes while owners are away on holidays, as usual, or going to funerals. That's normally what they do, isn't it? And in the last three months, Gardaí have had high-profile successes against uh, marauding burglary gangs, leading to several arrests. The most prolific gangs have been operating in teams of five and use high-powered cars, normally stolen from the UK and fitted with false plates to carry out their crime sprees. Now the criminals have also been targeting homes in daylight with no apparent fear of being identified because nothing ever gets done about it. Because of this there have been suggestions that local Garda stations, especially in rural communities, have been or should be reopened in order to protect local communities. But today I want to know how you have been affected by Garda stations closed down. Now, the majority of Garda stations closed down during Alan Shatter's reign, if you remember rightly, and we had a shortage of Garda Sheikh Khan at the time. Now, we do have more Gardaí now than we would have had, say, 20 years ago. But the problem with that is, is that our population has grown. And there are other factors in there why we have less Garda on the beat as well. But would you feel safer if there was more Garda stations locally? Because in some areas of the country, the nearest Garda station, because many Garda stations are closed down, could be, you know, an hour away, 45 minutes away. Same as the nearest ambulance could be. So, you know, it's difficult. And I know you live in rural Ireland and some people would say, well, that's your own fault for living so far away. But that's not the point. We're all entitled to some level of protection. Or are you content with the system we have right now? Maybe you have a story. Maybe you call the Garda Sheikhana. Maybe you live in part of rural Ireland or you live outside of a city and you call the Garda Sheikhana and you waited a long time to get some sort of response. Let us know. We want to hear your story today. The number is 87 188 That's 87 is our text or WhatsApp number. Uh, I want to speak to Councillor and former Lord Mayor of Cork, Tony Fitzgerald, and he joins me to speak about this on the line. Good afternoon to you, Tony. Uh, good morning, Niles. Good to talk to you. Oh, yeah. I, I'm always confused, actually, at 12 o'clock, whether I should say good morning or good afternoon. What, <laughs> what's the protocol on that? <laughs> I well, never really know. In Cork here, it's afternoon, I'd say. Ah, right. <laughs> but anyway, look, in relation to, you know, I'm looking at, the, say, the story there yesterday, um, and, of course, Gardy are investigating after an elderly woman and her two adult sons were terrorised in an attack mm. in their home in County Roscommon. It does raise the question as to whether... Not just do we have enough Garda Sheikhana, I don't think we could ever have enough, to be honest with the way things are going at the mm. moment, but do we have enough Garda stations and how do we get around that? Yeah, well, I suppose my experience over as a community activist and as a politician over you know, the last 30, 40 years is that we've, we've been very fortunate in having good models of practice and partnerships with Garda Sheikhana uh, within the Garda Community Policing uh, section and the Juvenile Liaison Scheme. Um, and and now my experience is that, you know, um, we have a mutual respect for the work of Angarda Shikhan as a law enforcement agency. But the focus that we have given and has worked for many, many years is the preventative model of working in partnership with the community guardian in the areas um, and having a superintendent based 
in the local district that you can contact and make communication with and work with on various programs or various events that may happen um, throughout mm-hmm. the year. Um, unfortunately, I think the current system um, has weakened that relationship uh, in recent years. Um, and I think the new roster system uh, needs to be reconsidered. Has, um, it, has it kind of turned into an us and them situation with the citizens no, I, I, and the Garda? No, I wouldn't think so. No, I, I, okay. I think at the moment, like you could have a uh, community Garda and duty until 2 a.m. in the morning, okay, uh, on a certain roster. Now, you know, um, I, while I know like each Garda station would operate their own system in terms of Garda on the beach and Garda and patrol cars. But if you want to prevent crime, um, the best model is to be to have the community guardy out there in the communities, working with local groups, working with sporting organisations, working in the schools, and building up that relationship. But, but, is, that vis- is, but is visibility not the key? Because if I go back uh, to when I was a young fellow, and I'm sure Tony, you remember this too, because yeah. I don't think you're much too much younger than me. Uh, but yeah. I, I remember, you know, you'd walk out, and I lived in Edenmore. There'd be always two guarder or four guarder walking around the housing estate constantly all the time. That was enough of a deterrent because I remember yeah. we were kids. Of course, you weren't allowed hanging around in street corners. Uh, loitering yeah. laws were in place at the time, and you know, you'd be going, "Oh, oh where's Smiley?" Yeah. Smiley was the local That's guard. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we, we advanced that. We, we brought that further um, through, through the Garda Youth Diversion Projects. And the Garda Youth Diversion Projects then kind of brought the community Garda into the local youth clubs or the local, the local sporting organisations. So the community Garda became part of community life in community so you know they worked with the young people and we we were very successful as well in developing the Garda community bus scheme where the Garda with the local community would take away you know all sectors of not only young people now but older people as well because older people living on their own want to know who the local Garda is and they want to know that they feel safe and sound in their beds at night and but if but is that, but, problem, but is there enough of them? Because the problem is, the Garda Shikana. Now there was a trial done many years ago where we used yeah. civil service for administration. The Garda themselves were reluctant to take that on or to allow that to happen. I, I understand some le- to some level of that. But when Garda Shikana are sitting in Garda stations stamping passports or doing admin work, we can't yeah. have them out on the streets. And at the moment, what have we got? Fourteen and a half thousand members of Garda Shikana which is an increase, I suppose, of a, uh, around 1,500 on 2016. Yeah. If, I go, if I go back in time, you know, yeah, okay, we would have had less guards, but the, they're, they're a different force now. Yes, but at the end of the day, it's the interface with the public is, is what's crucial. Like that connection of knowing, you know, the community guardy, knowing Mrs. Murphy or Mrs. McGrath or whatever, wherever they're living, and knowing the young people, and then connecting young people, you know, if they do get involved in antisocial behaviour, that there's a system working through, through the juvenile liaison scheme, the juvenile liaison officers, where they would visit where they, the, the, the homes of young people. But my, my, I suppose my worry at the minute is that the rostering system, yes, we, all, we will always need more guardians, there's no question about that. But at the moment, we have got community guardians working until 2 a.m. in the morning, and there needs to be a balance between having those community guardians working at times where they can interface with the public. And what I'm saying with the public is with the groups, with the community and the voluntary organisations and the schools, and at the same time having family-friendly policies 
you know, so that the guard is working conditions. And, and I, I would never disagree with you in relation to the community, community guards because yeah. I think they're so yeah. important. But then yeah. we also have a situation where we have Gardaí who are out fighting crime, essentially catching criminals. And it's important yeah. that we catch criminals because by catching more criminals, it puts other or deters other people from committing the crimes in the first place. So in That's other words, right. yeah, well, people who are less likely to commit crime if they think they're going to get caught. But yeah. when they know they're not going to get caught and we have a situation, and I say it again, where we have 14,500 members now, if we go back 20 years ago, yes, it's a bit of an yeah. increase, but the population has grown to five, just over 5 million people. And also an inspector in Cork mentioned going back some years ago, and I'm not having a pop at female guards, but when you have now something like 40% of Gardaí are female, which is great, and it's wonderful to see equality in the Gardaí economy, but compared to 20 or 30 years ago, it would have been all male, or primarily male. You have a situation where if a guard is pregnant, for example, she has to go on desk duty for the period of her pregnancy. So that takes a guard out off the street, and, and, and rightly so too. And I'm, again, I want to be, reiterate, I'm not being sexist or having a go at the fact we should have more females. And we should have 50-50, without a shadow of a doubt. But we need more guards. We need more guard estate. Because it's a we different do, but, system. But, but the, the system needs to adjust according to the needs of the population. And uh, I'm a firm belief, and I've huge um, admiration for them in terms of uh, youth workers and community guard and the local community working together to address. But you see, the preventative model, um, and this goes right across probably as another conversation, uh, in terms of the preventative model, either in crime prevention, education, health isn't very popular to speak about because it's work that's done behind the scenes, working with people, knowing young people, knowing people, and it's preventing them from getting to that level mm-hmm. is what we need to focus on. Because if we, did, if, if, we do, if we don't continue that work, then there will be more people who get involved in crime. And all that will do uh, now is that it'll, it'll just ch- choke up the, the, the court system I mean, if you go to any court in the land, right across, the amount of uh, resources that are put, put into uh, the court system, the amount of guardies that are there sitting, waiting for um, uh, cases to be called, it's just incredible. And like 40 or 50,000 euro um, for one youth worker would solve an awful lot of that. And that's the message I'm trying to get mm-hmm. through, and I've been working on for a number of years, and it has worked. Okay, so I, and, I, and I get it, and I think a lot of people would agree with you absolutely, yeah. Tony. And I, you need to tackle it at the root that, of the problem. I, I find that under the current system, unfortunately, we're we're losing that concept, and that we need to return to that model of best practice, and that's the the issue that yeah. I have. At the and, and, and I think I think with all forms of crime, similar to say we we talked about speeding uh, during the week there, and I noticed that the yeah. news have gone up the vines. It's not a fact of catching people speeding; it's stopping them from doing it in the first place, and that's the point that you're making. That's you it. want to educate people not to be doing this and catch them at a young age. These young thirteen and fourteen year olds who are looking up to these older boys who are making money by burglaries or selling drugs or whatever yeah. it happens to be, and you need to stop them from getting involved in that before and they do. Sardina, we, we, it has been proven. Yeah. It has been proven over the last 10, 15 years that it works. Um, so that's why it's so important okay. that we just need to keep the focus on the prevention model and you know to, to ensure that the system works to meet the needs of the community as those needs emerge. Uh, finally, just before you go, in relation to the amount of guard stations and the amount mm. of guardee, and the reaction time and resources that we have available currently at the moment, I'm pretty sure in Cork, particularly in the county areas, there's a huge difficulty. If you've got a crime ongoing and you're sitting in your bedroom and there's a burglar downstairs and you ring a guard and you're 45 minutes from your nearest guard station, there's a problem, isn't there? 
Well, there is, there is, and you know, we we had, we had the boundary extension here um, in Cork, where uh, when I was Lord Mayor, we negotiated a boundary extension. So we have uh, a mix between urban and rural, quite close to each other. But I think the key factor there, Night, is that is that, is that the superintendents have been taken out of the districts and centralised. And like you know that you know if you if if you could ring uh, a, a Garda station, uh, a, a, the district Garda station, not every uh, Garda station would have a superintendent now, obviously. But taking the superintendents out of the districts is 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 a huge loss, um, and that that is important because the superintendent can take the issue, can uh, kind of analyze where the hot spots are. Well, you know where are there, where there is issues, and then add the resources to that area. And I think that's something that needs to be reconsidered by uh, on Garda. Do we, do we do we need to go back to levels of before Alan Shatter, of course, culled many Garda stations going back in the early part of the last decade? Do we do we need to go back to reopening those Garda stations again and resourcing them? Well, you look, every local community has its own needs. You know, whether it is you know a Garda station, a post office, or whatever. To, to maintain the life of communities and communities have changed over over recent years because people are working from home now as well and you know post uh, COVID nineteen so like like what 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 needs of the state agencies need to be doing um, uh, and, and some of them are is to look these are the issues that are affecting this particular community we need to put the resources that we have here and work it more effectively. All right. Okay, listen, Tony, thanks very much indeed. And I, and I really appreciate you coming on the air. Thanks very much. And some okay, very you. informative. Uh, and I think Tony is right in relation to crime and tackling crime. Um, we absolutely need to tackle crime at the root. In other words, we need to stop young people going into crime. And the best way to do that is by increasing the resources of the community guards and having more community guards and juvenile liaison officers, etc., etc., to stop those young people thinking that it's a good idea to do what Johnny down the road does so he can buy a Lamborghini. Because sadly, that's what they see. They see Johnny down the road who's drug dealing or robbing or whatever it is, and he can afford all this wonderful lifestyle of heading off to Spain and then driving a Lamborghini when he doesn't actually work. But the other problem as well is when we that shocking story, of course, in Roscommon. I mean, it's Garda resources as well. And when we look at stories like that and many stories around the country, particularly in rural Ireland, and we see these as they call them in the paper, marauding gangs of burglars. I mean, you're lying in your bed and you're in a certain part of the country and it doesn't have to be in the middle of nowhere, by the way. Uh, there's a lack of Garda stations everywhere. And, you know, even in parts of the city, for example, there's a lack of Garda stations. We closed down so many Garda stations in the city that was unnecessary to close down. And you close down a Garda station, there's a burglar in your house, you're lying in bed, you're fearing for your life, you call the guards, and the nearest Garda station is 45 minutes away. It's just pointless. It's useless. And they, or, or else you call a Garda station that's a half hour away, and they've only got one car. And it's already out at somebody else's house because they're being robbed. Because the same gang are robbing in the same area. Or an area near, nearby. So they're all... I'm, when you take, for example, I remember going back, I don't know what the story is now in Swords, for example, but the population of Swords has multiplied by five over the last 20 years, easily, if not probably more. But there's the same amount of guards. And they only had two cars at one stage. With a population of, I think, somewhere around... That same size population as Limerick, I believe, at one stage. There were 250,000 people or whatever it was. And... Two cars. It's just useless. And what's the point of that? I remember bringing up at one stage and one of their cars was in getting repaired. I mean, and that's not their fault, by the way. 
That's the government's fault. It's resources. We don't have the resources. You go to the United States, every cop has his own car. There isn't three cops going around in one car because that's a waste of resources. You don't need three cops in one car. One cop per car. If something goes wrong, he calls for backup. Everybody else has a car so they can get to him fairly quickly. There's no reason why they shouldn't have it. It's just money. We can pump money in to COVID-19, you know, at a flick of a switch. Well, here we have a situation where crime affects people directly and people lose their lives. So why can't we pump money into the resource of the Garda Shikana? And if they're being paid badly, give them better pay. I wouldn't do their job. Brian, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Brian? I mean, not too bad at all. Good, Brian. Good, good. Okay, in relation to Garda stations, we lost a significant number of Garda stations, in, as I said, in the early part of the last decade. So, what do we do? Do we reopen them all again? I would be of the opinion we should. Like, I mean, like post offices, they should be in every kind of community where people can have access to them. Like, I mean, there's no use as you just said there, like having a Garda station a half a mile away from, or a half an hour away from me. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they should be, and they should be part of the community, like, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, when I grew up in Grand, like, it, 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 there was a community girl there. He wasn't called the community girl, but that was his job. And he'd walk around Grand Abraha, and he would live in the area. Yeah. You know, and he knew every single, well, I won't say every single person, but he knew the people in the area, and he knew if there was a fellow growing up who was going to become a scot or a scumbag or whatever, and he was there to pick him up before he even got to that stage. You know, and that's the I point mean? Tony was making. Yes, yeah. so he would he would you know obviously go go to him and deal with him at a young age and stop him from getting to that point. Yeah, and, yeah. and because the people in the community, like I mean, uh, no, all the sons were the angels and grown like when when we were growing up. But I mean, the community used to look after themselves, and you could pick out the fellow who was you, you, you know. Going above the top, the fellow who was doing it is more, more than anybody else, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but that was part of the community girls, even though they weren't called community girls. They were just girls on the beat. And I think but you don't see the guards. I mean, I remember when I was even for this, I said to Tony, you know, I, I, I was in Edenmore, in Rohini. Now, Edenmore was a bit of a rough spot at the time when, when I lived there. Uh, a lot of the inhabitants, were, some of them were in Mount Joy. But, but in saying that, you know, there was many rough spots back in the 60s and 70s, you know what I mean? Uh, council houses, etc., etc. And, you know, when you went out, there was two or three guards walking around. They would just walk around the, the five or six streets of Edenmore. They would walk around on the beat. And that's all they did. But that was enough sometimes to deter people from even thinking about doing something wrong. Yeah, I, I think so. Like, I mean, as I said, we had one guard and he was just walking around like he had a particular area and he'd walk around it and everybody knew him, you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, we would be afraid of our life him, like, because we'd be playing ball in the road and the some said he's coming, like, we all <laughs> scattered to the wind, you know what I mean? Even that if you didn't big... do anything wrong, you'd run. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, that was the biggest crime at the time, like, you know what I mean? I know, so we'd be but hanging around the corner and Smiley from Kulak Garda Station would come over and he'd be like, what are you all doing? It's nine o'clock, go home. And he'd be, we'd be sent home, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I, mean, I, I, I know things have kind of moved on now since then, like, they're... Uh, um, you, you know, you people are afraid to leave children out on the road now and playing like when they're five and six or whatever because of other reasons. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and um, I think that's even kind of more reason why we need we call them community girls or whatever, like that. We need them on the beach, like you know what I mean? That they're going around, you know. And do you, do you th- have you had a reason in the last few years to call the guards yourself for any reason? 
Well, I had reason for the guard even being called to me because mm. of the water charges. Oh, I mean, that's... right. right. Oh, I do remember that now, Brian, yes. <laughs> they, were, I, I, they were fairly efficient around that, all right, weren't they? But that's the point I was just going to make there. I mean, various groups, like I mean, I was, I was involved with the Ballyvihan's whole parish group. I remember that, and yes. If we, and if we put her up, we could have 10 guards within 10 minutes of us putting a protest on, on the water meters. Where did all them guards come from? I, I think I, mean, the, I, I think the problem with the water protests and the problem with COVID nineteen and during the lockdowns was it it was quite divisive between the citizens and the Garda Síochána, and that's not good for the community because it's not good for the local community, you know, and their I suppose their relationship with the Garda Síochána. Oh yeah, well I mean, it, it, I mean the guards, if you do kind of a thing like this to protect. To serve and protect the community, you know, mm-hmm. that's the, the, or the, keep the, the peace. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, in these kind of situations, the girl should have never got involved in the water protest. It was a civil matter, not a criminal matter. But well, well I, we, unless unless they believed there was criminal activity, or they believed there may be some level of violence, then they no, had to be there to protect me. It was not. It wasn't nothing about that. Irish yeah. water or Murphy's contractors, or the various different... Sierra, or wherever it was, yeah. Well, yeah. They'd phone them up, and the girls, at the drop of a hat, would be there. There'd be no criminal intent, there was nobody being, uh, being abusive or anything, but the very minute Irish Water or the subcontractors would phone up, the girls were there. It's an awful, well, look, Brian, thank you very much. It's an awful shame some people say they weren't there as quickly sometimes as your house was being broken into. Anya in Ireland's Classic Kids, how are you doing, Anya? Hello. Hello, Anya, how are you? Too bad now. Nice weather here. Is it? Yeah, sunny and. What, what part cold, of the, What part of the country are you in, Anya? Galway. Oh, lovely, lovely. I'd say, and near the coast. Twenty miles from Galway city. Oh right, okay, okay. Yeah. I'd say it's beautiful, is it? Yeah, it's lovely when you're in the country, though, because it's. I'll never be robbed. I've been told because nobody can find me. But I won't give too much away. No, no, a don't. In case there is a robber listener. <laughs> so, so you've thankfully you've never been robbed. But no, so, okay. But your your argument is that you haven't seen a guard in months. No, I've never been stopped on the road. Mm. And they, they go mad down here on these narrow roads. They're they're going oh gee a hundred miles an hour. You know, yeah, and yeah. taking risks and everything. You know. Yeah, and you've never been stopped. No. So there hasn't been a checkpoint is the point you're making? Never been stopped. Well, well, well maybe that's not a bad thing if there hasn't been a checkpoint because yeah. maybe they're off doing better things. Yeah, yeah. You see, there's Catching probably the a lot criminals. of robberies in Galway City yeah. but we don't hear about them. But around here, I mean, you would hear and there hasn't been any. We're just lucky. Well, that touch wood. Touch wood. Yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope it doesn't happen because it is a terrifying experience for people. Yeah, too. and there's a guard station now. It's uh, about four miles away so they'd arrive up to me in about... They'd be going faster than me now, about 10 minutes. Okay, and, and is that guard station still there? The guard station is there. Oh, yeah, because a lot of them were closed down, a lot They're of those small down, ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but at least you still have yours. Yeah, it's still closed, but uh, the other station then is about 10 miles away. Okay, so do you think part of the problem is then, because the fact that you said you haven't seen them in months, part of the problem is that you believe that there's a lack of guard of presence? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Okay. Yeah, there's not enough of them. You there's know. not enough of them. Just I know doing... they can be everywhere, but... Well, they can't, Like, course, you yeah. wouldn't see them walking in the town, like, one time, you know? Okay, and, and when you were in the town, would you would you ever see one in the no. town? No. Never? No. And what would the population... I don't know if you know the population. I do, don't tell me where you live, but what's the population of the town? Well, I'll give you the name of the town. It's Chum. Oh, okay, in Chum. So, uh, which is kind of quite big now. Oh, well, it is. There's a fair population in Chum. Yeah. 
And and they'd be, you'd be, have a fair bit of crime as well every now and again, too. Yeah, there the probably is, but, you know, maybe in the town, but not out in the country, so we don't know what, we don't hear about it, you know? Well, well there's nearly 9,000 people living in June. Yeah, you know I what I mean? There's quite a good lot well, of yeah, that. so you'd, you'd expect to see at least one or two guards walking around you at some point. You might them on the road right. in, in a squad car, but that's about it. Right, OK, but well, maybe they only have the one squad car. <laughs> would, that, would that be the case on you? you well, probably, that's probably it, you know. <laughs> okay, and then, but, there was a community guard there when the covert that was going around, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah, up, but, just uh, checking on you, making sure you were okay. Yeah, checking everybody that lives alone, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're like, you could be four or five in the house, and if a man comes in with a gun, she wouldn't stand a chance. Well, he wouldn't stand a chance against you, on you? No. I tell you, it might as go for me, though. You know, would you be able to do? I, I hope it never happens to you. But what what would you do on you if a, if you kind of woke up in the middle of the night and heard somebody in the kitchen? Oh gee, I don't know. I get the near get the broom or something. Would you? Read, do you know what a priest did once? What does a priest do? When they came in, they said he said, "Would you like a cup of tea?" Oh right, yeah. <laughs> for, would you offer them a cup of tea? No, you probably get better off coaxing them. You know, and oh, yeah. You know, and give them a little bit, you know. Would you like a few quid and then you could just go? Would you like go. a few quid? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but maybe I could talk to you about God. But, getting closer yeah. to God. Yeah. Yeah. Anya, thanks. Is he God is watching over me, Neil, is he? Nice. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Sorry, because I have a nephew called Neil. <laughs> That's okay. I thought you were confusing me with the other fella. No, 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 no. <laughs> all right. It's a nice name anyway. Listen, Anya, thank you very much. It's been yeah. lovely talking to you. All yeah, right. Thanks very much. See you, Anya. Bye. Bye. There you go, Anya. Thankfully, she's never been burgled, but she hasn't seen guards recently at all. They're not around. No, the guards are now just... I've seen it on the road many a time, pulling cars over, pulling cars over. You never really see them on the beat. You don't see them on the beat basically at all. Not even, you know, talking to young people or, you know, you don't see them getting a hold of young lads that's, you know, maybe in criminality or something like that. It's always just pull them over, pull them over. And regards of, like, you know, trying to keep young kids out of criminality, I've heard of horrific stories in the car of the way the guardie talk to people. And even when they pull you over, they don't even come over, hey, it's licence. Um, registration. They don't even. They don't even talk to you properly. You know, most of them. Now, I'm not doing them all with the one brush, but that's just that's what I'm hearing in the car anyway. No, cheers, pal. Yeah, it's a good point. I'll come back to that in a second. But somebody said Tony, obviously Tony, that was the ex-Lord Mayor we spoke to a few minutes ago, was a credit uh, to his community in Cork and has been hugely or a hugely positive influence for many young people in the area, including myself. Says Olivia. I'm glad to hear that, Olivia, and I'm glad Tony was a great influence to you and many other people as well. And he is, he does certainly sounds like his heart is in the right place when it comes to dealing with the problem. But our previous audio message there raised a good question about your interaction with Ungarda Shia generally speaking. Has it changed over the years? Has our interaction, I mean, if you've just been stopped, you know, in a regular checkpoint in your car, or you've gone down, say, to do something, maybe even just to get a passport stamped, or you've gone down to make a complaint about something, maybe not something too serious, but something, you know, reasonably serious to you, how were you dealt with in that situation? How were you, I mean, how were you dealt with by the guards in that situation? When you were stopped, as he says, when he pulled over, then they, well, they weren't even polite to him. They just said, license, please. Not, how you doing? Good afternoon, sir. Uh, how you doing? It's just a regular checkpoint. Could I possibly see your license? Yeah, because you've done nothing wrong. You shouldn't be treated like a criminal, unless you are a criminal, of course. You should never be treated like a criminal. Remember, of course, on Gardaí Corner are not the law. They're there to enforce the law. And everybody must be treated equally and everybody must be treated innocent unless proven otherwise. So how were you treated by Angarda Sheikana when you were stopped in your car, when you made a complaint, 
or otherwise. Let me know how you were treated. Were you treated with respect? And I want to hear the good stories, as well as the bad, by the way, because I'm sure there is good too. Maybe you had a very good experience with Angarda Shea recently. Let me know. The number is 87 All right, keep texting. Keep what's happening. The number is 87 Carl, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Carl? Niall, nice to talk to you again. Nice to talk no, to you no, too. No, no, this subject's come up time and time again over, for I don't know how many years, lack of guards. I was listening to a debate on a radio station there with one of the evening current affairs programs where they had, they had a gentleman on from Dublin, two businessmen. One, one of them had said it was one of the most dangerous cities in Europe to, to be in, that's Dublin. And the other fellow was saying, oh, no, no, it isn't. And both of I them think that's a bit, the, I, I don't think it's a bit of an exaggeration, well, isn't it? There could be now, but the yeah. point I wanted to make is both of them are breaking their necks to be PC. No one's to blame. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Noel. You, you, for a long time, we, 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 were, we decided that we wanted to put civil servants or secretarial people in to do the jobs in the post office, in the, in the guard of uh, Shiacana stations. Mm-hmm. And, and the guard would then not be looking after passports or denial. They, well, they, well they, do, they do have staff, administration staff. Some of them do, Noel, but yeah. a lot of them don't. No. A lot of them don't. And, and, and the by reasons, the way, the guards themselves are to blame for that because, that, 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 because they that, resisted that, that's it. That's the point I'm trying to make, yeah. Noel. I'm not going to be on your programme to be Mr. PC and no one's to blame. It's like the health service. You have to trip over yourself to be PC before anybody gets criticised. The guards, for, for whatever reason, weren't in full support of that. There, you know, that a long time ago, Noel, you, you, you signed on for the guards and you did 30 years. If you made that 35 now, because it, it, we're losing an awful lot of guards who probably are retiring in and around at, at their best age. They could be 50 in their very early 50s, and mentally and physically they're probably, and we've, we've left an awful lot of very, very good guards go at that time, and they're just replaced by yeah. young guys go out of Temple Moor who haven't a bloody clue. Well, well, at some point they all haven't got a clue, if you know what I mean. Well, That's, you know I what mean, I'm saying, Noel, these yeah. are the reasons. I mean, the guards have been, they, we, had, we, had, we had part-time guardy, they didn't like that. They 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 were reluctant to get on, 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 be on the beat. In, in, in Dublin, I know I've been working around Dublin in a wholesale company for years. I know lots and lots of businesses that have closed down because Dublin is just you know they they they, they get constantly uh, barracked by druggies, people shoplifting, and in the end they just give up. And in some of the guys who work upstairs above the shops, they've just said it's not, it's not worth a while. They can't get into the stairs because there's fellas on, on drugs. They ring the guards. You know what the guards say? We've no one to, to look after. So it's no, just, no, it's, no, so no, it's no okay. So it's visibility. Down. This is what I said to Tony. Co- correct. Anyway. Yeah. But the point is not. At some stage, you have a you have to have a government that sits down with the Garda Shiacon and say, "We want to support you. We've got to give you a lot more finance." For instance, you mentioned about in America. Did you know that those guards, or those police in America that, that drive around in, in the cars, their four by fours are practically like mobile Garda stations. No, well, of course they would have all the computer systems. Absolutely, you, know, you have everything. Yeah. They, they they see somebody in a car within seconds. They have their computer there. They have an actual cell. Well, I mean, well, they, well the hold on. The the four t- four well, here's the thing, Carl. The technology, what they call ARP, whatever they call. Uh, they have their all across the UK. There are very few cars in Garda cars in Dublin that are equipped uh, with these units that basically they can drive behind you. And as soon as they drive behind you, it comes up on their screen is your car tax insured and NCT. So they don't even have to stop you. They know. Yes. Now that's all across Northern Ireland, across the UK. But the Garda cars down here are not qui- equipped with it. But, but this is but the point. It's a disaster. Noel, if you if you get a government here, you probably you and I would I don't know whether you'd vote for this lot, but a government that comes in and says, right, we're going to support you, we're going to give you more finance, better cars, better equipment, better everything. But in the meantime, you've got to do what we want. We want, and that is 
other, all the stations have people looking after the, the, the secretarial type work, if that's the right word, and you're out on the beat. We need more guards on well, the they, beat. They, keep, they keep blaming money, you know, and, and I got an interesting text in there and said there was plenty of money during the COVID to fund the guards keeping people off, off out of mass off the beaches oh, within two kilometres of our home and funerals. In other words, we could find the resources for Angarda Sheikana during COVID when we really needed to, well, well, but, but now, we, now all of a sudden we can't. Well, Niall, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I know, I've known a lot of guards over the years. I've played football with them and all. And most of them, they, they get to a stage where they just want to do in the years, Niall, as easily as possible and jack it in. Now, I know that's going to be a statement that's going to be criticised again by the PC brigade. But I know, fellas, who just they just felt... I know. I, 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 I'm not getting any... I know, I know of one very good friend of mine who did exactly that. Yeah. And he was offered promotions, never took them, uh, because the position he was in and the place where he was working, yeah. um, it was a handy number. Um, near government buildings it was just he didn't have to do very much he just sat there all day it was a handy number so he was quite happy just to do that and wait till his retirement came up I, 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 I used to say to the, some of the blokes that I knew personally and I, and I so I obviously liked them they were friends and I used to say why can't you arrest somebody and bring them down Carl and, it, and instead of the 94th charge against them it's the 95th and they just walk out, with, out of the court Mm. I mean, how, how you can have 95 no, I mean, charges? Nine but but you are right. I think the, the biggest problem is, I mean, the idea that I have to go to a guard station to get my passport stamped. And that's and and there's guards there. I just see them during the summer months when you ever go down to a guard station. There's a queue of people waiting to get in just to get passports stamped or photographs yeah. stamped or whatever it is. And it's time consuming for guards. It's basically one guard on that job all day. That's a waste of resources. Completely. I had to do exactly <laughs> the same when my passport went. Yeah. Uh, guards shouldn't be doing that. You're always at your best, Noel, by the way. I'm going before I drink at the Stalorgan Arch, and you have your fan club there about the COVID and all this type of thing. We don't have enough people who are prepared to say to the government, what, what are you doing? This has been going on for years and years and years, and we still have the same thing, no guards on the beach. That's all you hear. It'll be the same next year. You could have this topic again, no guards on the beach. Where yeah. are they? And, and where is crime? And and do you think if the resources were made available to them and there was administration staff put in to do the donkey work behind the desk, do you think the guards would go out on the street? Or well, do I, you believe there's a, a resistance internally by the guards to want to go out on the street? I, I think there is now, Noel. Yes, that's why I said to you my argument was we will support you, but you've got to have somebody with big enough balls and not to be Mr. PC and say, hang on, this is, this is what's happening. We're not going to discuss it with you. More, sec- more people need to do that administrative work as you that's the word I was looking for mm. but you've got to get out on the beat I mean, and, and why, not, why, not, why not take 35 years I mean God forbid why do you have to retire at bloody 51 or 52 when you're, when you're at your peak and, and you remember the bloke who actually went to court Niall because he didn't want to retire and he, and he went all the way to court and he still lost his case and was forced to jack it in See, there's so many things could be done, but we've got to, it's just, when it comes to locking people down over COVID, as you know, because you, I was on your regu- program regularly, and you were one of the people who, who knocked it. And by the way, Noel, aren't we seeing the res- results of it now? We are, well, <laughs> well, well, according to statistics in the UK now, more people are dying yeah, uh, from... Yeah, when there was loads yeah, of guards from booting, around, booting yeah. around them, because obviously with everybody, nobody on the street, there wasn't that much crime. But, but ultimately, you've, you've, you've got a government that just, just wants to pussyfoot everything and waffle on and make all the wrong decisions. And no wonder we're in the hames. That okay, we're, I think it, okay. Well, 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 hang on, Carl. Let me just go to Emma as well, because I, I want to go yeah. to Emma too before we go to the break. Emma, you're an Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Emma? Hi, Mel. Hi. Good, Good. afternoon. Now, you, you're a local Garda station. Um, it, it says here uh, your local Garda station only opens four hours a day. Exactly. I live in Ballin Grove, Nile, um, and it was just a shock. Because what had happened was we had a young child knock on, uh, you know, knock on the doors. 
and we didn't know where this child was coming from, and she was asking us for money. So we were frightened to death. So we said, okay, you know what? We'll drive to the Gada station and say to them, you know, there's a child, because we tried to look, and we didn't know where the child of course, went yeah. to. So, so we were concerned for this child. And then we drove to the Gada station, and, and they were closed. <laughs> and we didn't understand it. It's, so, it's uh, just bizarre that you would have a Garda station closed yeah. at a reasonable time of the day. Yes, and, and, and this was about three in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I, I came home and I, I couldn't understand it. We, you know, we couldn't get our head around it. So we asked our neighbor and then he laughed and he said, well, they're actually open from eight in the morning to 10 in the morning and then from eight in the evening to 10 in the evening. And I'm like, OK, so if something would happen, I mean, this is Valley Road. We have we have banks, we have shops, you know, you have businesses, you know, car shops and all of that. So if something would happen, um, where, where, where do we call? Because we didn't even realise at this time that the Gadi was not open the whole time. Well, I, I'm damn sure that the local criminals in the area would be very aware of what time the Garda station is open. Of course, um, of course. So, so they would, any crimes, I imagine, will be planned during the hours of closing. And where is, where is the next nearest Garda station to you? It is Clary Morris. And how far so, is that? That's about maybe 20 kilometres. Like oh, wow. going to take them to come, yeah. That's not much and use. Yeah, so we, we, we eventually had to get, you know, a private security system because, you know, you're, you're frightened to death. Of course, if yeah. Would happen, if something would happen, they, would, they, wouldn't, they can't be there, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so basically the message to all criminals in the area, please don't commit crimes uh, between 10 o'clock in the morning and 8, and 10, 8 o'clock in the evening. That's we, it. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. It. I mean, only, only in Ireland, which is, which is easy yeah, Exactly, and, and the, the building is there. It's a really big, lovely building, but no one is there. No one is there. By anybody. And yeah. when they are when they are there between eight and ten in the morning and eight and ten in the evening or whatever it is in the evening, when they are there for that four hours, do they have like would they have two cars or just the one or? There's there's just one car and often maybe one 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 gadifas or one or maybe maybe two staff. That's it. Right, and then okay. sometimes you will find a, a queue. You know, so residents, if someone had anything to report, then they'll just have to wait until they get to their turn. Okay, right. Provided they get there before ten o'clock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Thanks for sharing that with us, Emma. That's shocking. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, we, we do need more Garda stations. We did have a lot more of them, Emma, but they all Absolutely. closed down, going back about 10 years ago, for, with yeah. to do with money, I suppose. Uh, they all closed down, so I think yeah. we just need lots more of them because the population is growing and growing and growing. Exactly, and it is very frightening. Yeah, it, it is. And it, yeah. and it doesn't make you feel safe. I mean, the very fact that you said you had to get a, a security alarm to make yourself feel safer at home, that's not good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but if something would happen, there, if, if, if somebody was coming into your house to rob, they would have finished before the, 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 they're there. So well, that's I mean, what I'm saying. So if somebody came into your house tonight, and I certainly don't want to be wishing bad luck on you, so I'm touching wood here. So if somebody came into your house tonight and you, you hear somebody downstairs, you ring the guard station, they're 20 kilometres away. Exactly. And that's why we had to put our own security system, at least, at least, maybe that would scare the person away try, you know, from trying to come in. Okay, okay, okay. That's shocking. Okay, all right. Uh, well, Carl, there you go, Carl. See, Emma, the Garda station, Carl, is open from 8 to 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, well, Can I, you even believe it? I work around the country and I see this all the time. That's, That's ridiculous. But, but you, you, have to, you have to look at the main problem. I think they're, they're looking now for 15. I heard the leader of the Garda Shiakana, uh, the bloke from Northern, Northern Ireland, and, and, and they're, they're trying to get it up to 15,000. But numbers are of no use unless you see a, a presence on the beat. And Absolutely. for antisocial behaviour, Noel, I would have a, a mandatory thing where you, where you literally have to be locked up if, if you're going, because something, you, they cleaned up New York. Three strikes and you're out. That's what they did in New York, well, wasn't it? Who, who was the geezer who cleaned up New York? Well, it, well, it was it wasn't it was it Bloomberg or was it Giuliani that brought in oh, the three strikes? Possible, but then he got yeah. it. He's, he's, it's, 
yeah. safer to walk down that street yeah. now than probably it is in one of the towns. Well, I mean, you can commit all the crimes you want in New York, but on your third strike, even if you just stole a bar of chocolates, you're going to, you're going to jail for plenty of years. Okay, listen, Carl, thank you very much indeed for that. Emma, thank you very much indeed. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 087-188-008. A Garda station open between 8 and 10 in the morning and 8 and 10 at night. Where would you hear it? Somebody mentions here now, the village I grew up in, the Garda station was locked away at 6 o'clock when the Garda station closed. That's ridiculous. See, why not let, if it's a small guard station with only two guards, let the guard bring the car home with him. And that way, if anything happens, he can use it. He doesn't have to go to the guard station to get it because that's what they do, say, in the United States, for example. In, you know, the smaller rural stations, uh, the county police will take the cars home with them. And then if they need them, you know, if it's a smaller community, they use them because they obviously they have whatever equipment they need, you know, in the car. Although Irish guard, guard cars tend not to have equipment. I'd love if the guards could call us, but they're not allowed to come on the air. That's just the rules of being a guard of Shea Khan. You're not allowed to go in the media without permission. I'm sure they could tell you a story or two. They're under-resourced. There's no doubt about it. Uh, James, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, James? Uh, uh, good afternoon, Al. How are you doing, James? Talk to you again. Nice to talk to you, too. I was, I was feeling sorry for you last night, Nile. Were you? I was, yes. I said, I know now, Nile would rather be home watching The Rose of Chalee, because <laughs> I know you're a massive fan, now. Massive fan. <laughs> massive fan. <laughs> My heart bleeds when I can't see Dahi on the air. Yes, and I'd say you'd rather go to the dentist now. I would rather gouge my eyes out <laughs> or stick hot needles in them well, <laughs> than, than watch it. James, I don't have much time getting right. back to the guard of Sheikana. I mean, I mean, are the, well, look, there's no doubt the system we currently have in place is not working as well as it should. But how do we improve it? Yeah, good question. Uh, all of the people have spoken so far. They all made very valid points now. I couldn't really disagree with anyone that you had on so far. But, to see, the trouble is the buck stops at the top now. Mm. The top here is the Minister for Justice. And I'm not impressed with her now. I haven't been impressed with the Minister for Justice for years. Uh, the one before, Charlie Flanagan, no good either now. Uh, so that's where the buck stops with the Minister for Justice. We had some good ones in the old days, like Des O'Malley. They were tough men now. And uh, mm-hmm. we had a good Minister for Justice. John O'Donoghue wasn't bad either. Sorry? John O'Donovan wasn't bad. Yes, and they brought in with the, whoever the minister was. I can't remember the time they brought in the CAB after Veronica Guerin being shot. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm trying to remember now who it was. I only had him on the air recently. I was talking to him. He's well retired now. He's a member of the party. But I got, well, what was his name? Oh, his name's gone out of my head. But go to me in a yes, second. My own, I can't think of myself either. Yeah, and then of course Alan Chatter was one of our most famous minister for justices. Uh, yes. Well, a lawyer and solicitor himself, by the way. Yes. Uh, but, but and since brought out a few books and done quite well for himself. But he was the one responsible for closing a lot of the guard. Oh, sessions. that was that was a very bad mistake. Now, mm. well, mistake. I suppose it was during a recession, and I suppose yes. the, the budget wasn't there. That was the problem. But that was so we could blame the minister for finance too. See, now you have a situation there. The other day we had down in Tipperary to a couple. Dead for two years now. I know. In their house, see? If you had a local guard, that wouldn't have happened now. No, if you had a, but if you have a community guard in the area yes. that's familiar with the population, and that the, you, you, the elderly people like to be able to know that the guard station is there. It's a great kind of source of comfort to them. And uh, I remember when I was young, when we used to go to countryside, my father and myself fishing, different times, of course, now. And uh, you'd pass all the houses on the road, the cottages and all that. And all the doors would be open in the middle of the afternoon now. Mm-hmm. And you could walk in the door and say hello to the owner of the house. That's gone now now. No, of course it is. The elder yeah. people, elderly people in the country live in fear now now. And, uh, and they're, do you, they're doors do you think, locked do you, all day long. Do you think elderly people, in particularly in rural Ireland, are they living in fear? Oh, yes, now. No question about it. I've spoken to them now. And I've spoken to one woman there and she was saying that 
every time she's in bed at night and she hears a car coming along and then it slows down, she's terrified. And she hears it going away again in case it would stop. That's, a, that's awful, isn't it? Oh, that kind of the, only thing is to, the only thing I would advise people is to have a good dog now. Uh, yeah. if, you have, if you're in the countryside, a good uh, German Shepherd or Rottweiler. Yeah, yeah. Great protection now. Be very but, careful uh, if, you're, if you are carrying any other type of protection in your bedroom or whatever. Just be very careful how you use that. Oh, yes. Because some, it can be, be used against you. can have that, as you know. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, see, the, the thing is, uh, you know, we did our silly things over the year. We got rid of bed sits, you know. Yeah. We got rid of bed sits and thought it was a good idea. Now we know that was a very bad idea there. And we closed down the station. Now the trouble is all the stations have been sold now. The properties have been sold. They have, yeah. And uh, they've been converted into houses. But we could easily build more. Yes, they'd have to build more now, but they were there. They were there conver- already in use. So, uh, bad but anyway, it wasn't just... You know, it wasn't some consequences when you make bad mm. decisions now. It wasn't just rural Ireland. They closed a lot of the city stations here yes, as well. Yes, we have them here in Cork now. Yeah. Some of them are only open part-time. Yeah. I mean, but, but listening to that girl, Emma, that was on earlier on, so her nearest Garda station now is 20 kilometres away because the Garda station in her town, and, and it's not a small town, by the way, it's a decent enough-sized town, I mean, it's only open from 8 till 10 in the morning. <laughs> 8 to 10 in the morning and, and 8 to 10 in the evening. It's like, it's like the Keystone Cops. Yes, yes. Reminds you know me of the store. There's a, there's a comedy on uh, RT called Killing a Scully now. Mm. It's the kind of thing that goes on there, like... <laughs> Yeah, well, absolutely. Listen, I have to I have to go into a break. James, thank you very much indeed. Nice to talk to you. So he says, now, what did you doodle last night? And would you ever be the host of the Roses for Lead? No, I would rather, I wouldn't, no matter how much money you paid me. Actually, no, that's a lie. I would actually do it if somebody paid me an awful lot of money to do it, but I'd just make a laugh at the whole thing, to be honest. I'd love to do it. It'd be a bit of crack, wouldn't it? You know, I'd, I would change the whole thing. I wouldn't ask them those stupid questions they ask them. But, no, Dahi is a nice guy. Can I just say, by the way, for the record, I like Dahi. He's a nice fella. He's a likeable type of chap, isn't he? Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic.